Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, every day on the I Work For Him show, it's our desire to challenge the way you think about your faith and work. And today, today we have our first TV star on the show today. <laughs> we have, I mean, it's, it's, and it's only because of Martha's connection that this has even happened, but we've got local TV star, Arthelene Rippey. She's been the host of the TV show Homekeepers on the Christian television network, CTN Network, for, oh, she's been on TV for 30 years, but the Homekeeper Show for over 20 years. Welcome, Arthelene Rippey, to the I Work For Him Show. Well, thank you, Jim. I'm glad to be here and also to be with Martha, who is on the show once a month. And, um, boy, she is something else because I asked her to bring things from the bookstore uh, that she manages, a uh, Christian bookstore, and she's so creative that she can put together quite a display every month and we like to promote that no it's a lot of fun i've been on the show with martha one time and then mm-hmm. I've, I've watched it a couple of times it's a lot of fun how she sets up that studio and she she brings and it's amazing how our van can even hold all that stuff That's as she truth. goes you know i know i know this is probably weird for you because we don't have any lights no camera no action no people pointing at you different cameras or anything like that there's no <laughs> th- th- it's a lo- much simpler medium radio is as opposed to tv Oh, but yeah. yet your hair is done, and my hair is done, too, but nobody ever really cares. <laughs> uh, actually, Jim, my dad was a pioneer in Christian radio back probably in the mid-30s. And uh, shows like uh, 
Fuller and uh, McGee, people like that, in uh, and the the Day of Discovery, which was from the Radio Bible class, sure. M. R. D. Hahn, and. Uh, Actually, I was I started out in television in about 1968 with the Day of Discovery. I was an ori- original singer on there, which was an offshoot of the Radio Bible Class. So wow. there's a huge place in my heart for Christian radio. And when I think my dad started, we had to run in there, you know, and do it live with instruments, and um, it was. Strictly, you know, just shooting from the hip. But but, but that's what makes radio fun. I love yeah. live radio. I do too. Martha and I have to. Every once in a while, we have to pre-record a show. Mm-hmm. It's not near as fun yeah. because there's something about that tension. Wow, right. this is live. <laughs> what we say really matters, and we don't use the seven-second delay. Mm-hmm. We only used it one time when we had some missionary friends of ours from a country that couldn't get mentioned, and I wasn't allowed to say their last name. Uh-huh. And he was and so a little put, nervous. We put it on. That. We put it on so I wouldn't mess that up. Hey, I wanted to read the scripture because you, you know, Homekeepers is is a show that ministers to both men and women, but it really touches the hearts of ladies. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just wanted to quote Proverbs fourteen one: The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. Every day on Homekeepers, you're helping women really build up their house. You, you, you come at them with great recipes. You come up with them with great guests, authors, people sharing their testimonies, how Christ has made an impact on their lives, great gift ideas. I mean, you're always feeding these women with great ideas. And I know I know you got men watching the show, too, because I've seen the show. Um, and I don't watch it at 5.30 in the morning, though. I like your 1 o'clock in the afternoon time. <laughs> the 5.30 in the morning thing just really messes me up. But uh, um, but it's, it's, it's a fantastic testimony for how you're helping build up families. It's interesting. I got a great... A letter today in my office so appreciative that we embrace and highlight that I, ca- I like homekeeper I got that out of Titus 2 5 there was some kind of a translation somewhere that gave me that mm-hmm. uh, a homekeeper and that also can kind of be translated to gatekeeper mm. if there was ever a day ever, ever in the United States of America where we need some gatekeepers in our homes. Mm. And I see that with uh, chain link fence, a lot of barbed wire at the top and two Rottweilers at the gate. You need to keep evil out of our homes. And uh, it slips in so many ways, but, but that homekeeper, it's got a far greater, greater meaning than um, homemaker or housekeeper or something like that. Well, and, and unfortunately, it doesn't slip into our homes. We invited it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this television, when you look at you, you've seen TV in your lifetime. You've seen TV come and where it came as a very simple family building thing. Everybody got around the first. They were around the radio. Then they got around the TV to now where TV brings in every kind of unimaginable thing and imaginable thing possible into the household for any age. I mean, and it's... Well, that's that's where parents need to get a spine <laughs> and say, we're not watching that in this house. You know, you can go in the corner and pout. You do what you need to do, but we don't watch that here. This is what I love about Arthalene. She's just direct, and she says, this is the way it should be. And I love that because, you know what, I think there are a lot of people that aren't hearing that. Mm-hmm. They're not hearing the truth for what it really is. Mm-hmm. And um, you have that ability to do it with a lot of grace, and people can watch your show, and you are educated, you know what's happening in the world, and yet you know what the Scripture says, mm-hmm. and you encourage 
them to do what is right. And like you just said, you know, okay, let them go pout, but, you know, have a spine, be a parent, be what God has called you to be. Well, and Martha and I do that, talk about that all the time when we're doing marriage mentoring, just like, you know what, you can cancel cable television. And oh, you but can you put gotta, you can't cancel because CTN might be on there. You know. Okay, sorry, sorry. Is it? Can you not get it? Can you not get it on? Uh, can you not get it on a digital antenna? Oh, sure. You can. Yes, yeah, you yeah. can. That's what I thought. I thought there we got. Go. And I, it's on YouTube. Because uh-huh. they posted well, on there. Yes, after. I've seen your show. I've yeah. watched some of your shows on YouTube. Uh, okay, so let, let's just take a step back for a minute. Let's just talk, Arthelene, how Christ is working in your life today. Talk about as a TV star. So you get notoriety. You can't walk around Tampa Bay without people going, "Hey, aren't you Arthelene Rippy? I've seen your TV show." <laughs> I don't really need any bodyguards. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Well, I don't know about that, but but really, how is Christ working in your life today? How is He making a difference today? Well, I think he uh, impresses me that what we do is so important, Mm. Uh, whether it's raising children. I have five grandchildren and eight great-grandchildren, and with the way the world's going, those great-grandchildren growing up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. And uh, maybe even worse. Yeah. When you think about it, it might even be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. And so the importance and <clears throat> the importance of prayer, I uh, I have a time with the Lord every morning before I go to work and I call every one of their names. Mm-hmm. And I've got two uh, grandsons that are one's 18, one's about 20. And boy, I call out to the Lord. They're good boys. But I said, God, your word says my sheep know my voice and they are Christians and they know your voice. But if you need to yell at them, just (laughs) yell at them, Lord, just make them hear you. And another I pray for are Christian wives for them Mm -hmm. who want to establish a Christian Mm -hmm. home. We've got kids that have grown up in such dysfunction. They wouldn't know how to create a home if, you know, if you paid them to do it. And so the importance of, uh, I think, prayer, to answer your question, prayer uh, right now is the most important thing to me. Mm, That's huge. And that's such a great legacy. My grandparents, I know, prayed for us each by Mm -hmm. name. And even as they've gone on to glory, I hold that because it was so dear to me. And the next generation is doing that now. And that makes the, you know, the kids knowing that you do that, that you go before the Lord and say, Here's here's my kids, my grandkids, my well, great grandkids. Those, those prayers still benefit you. Oh yes, and benefit your family. Oh yes, yep. Well, I, I am sure Martha's grandparents are still praying for us and interceding with the Lord. <laughs> they were fantastic people. I never got to really know my grandparents very well, and, and my grandparents weren't Christ followers, but Martha's grandparents were incredible godly examples and set up a huge legacy for our entire family. I got a good one for you. My my grandmother was a Christian, and my grandpa was a, a drunk. Uh, they came over here from England, and he was working in the coal mines, and he didn't like it when my grandmother prayed, so she would pray in the closet. And so this gospel tent came to Melbourne, Missouri, little tiny mining town. And so he was young, and he got some of his friends, and they were going to probably drunk, and they wanted to go and disrupt the service. And so um, they were there, and he had a pipe he liked. He brought it from what they call the old country. And I think he was shaking some ashes out of it. It broke. Part of it flew into the tent. And so he went in to find it, and he's down on his hands and knees and can't find it in the sawdust. The service started, 
And so he sat down and he came out of there saved by the power of God, delivered oh. from alcohol, delivered from uh tobacco all in one fell swoop and became the most ardent christian you've ever ever met wow and so <laughs> you know i want to see that kind of power in our churches too where people mm. are absolutely changed unmistakable they don't they don't go just say a little prayer they're changed. Mm-hmm. We often talk on the show, often, 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 that when you read the Gospels and people that had interactions with Jesus Christ, when they had a con- just a conversation with him, their lives were never the same. Whether they decided to be his mm-hmm. follower or not, their lives were never the same. Right. When Jesus had an impact, it was permanent. Even, and, and, I mean, there's so many examples of people whose lives were radically transformed, but even the rich young ruler who turned his back and said, no, I can't give everything I've got away, his life was never the same. He left with sorrow. Right. And mm-hmm. he lived it. And maybe maybe he became a Christ follower later after the resurrection. But he his life was never the same. You know that conversation rang out in his head forever. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about what brought you to TV. You were, you've been on TV since 1978. But your first show was called Solo Act. As I was doing some research on it, Solo Act. What, 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 what was that about? Well, that was about... Reaching uh, singles. If you remember in the 80s, uh, singles ministries got very big in the churches, single adults. Mm-hmm. And I traveled, I spoke for them all over the country at the time. And uh, I remember standing at Channel 22 and the, we were talking about doing a single show. And um, my husband had died not too much before that. And I remember looking at this big cyclorama there and uh, talking about single this, single that. And then the, the thought, solo act, came to me. And I said, that's exactly how you feel when your mate's gone. You're on the stage, the curtain is opening, and there's no one in the supporting role. Hmm. And so we called it hmm. wow. solo act from then on. And boy, we had some great people on that show. But everything has a shelf life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. I'm finding that out as we get older. <laughs> uh, what ministries change? I'm, yes. I'm, yes, yes, I'm leaving that one alone. Yeah. <laughs> so so you did that for a while, and then you then you, it changed into homekeepers for well, you? Well, yeah. Um, I was a minister of music in this town for uh, two different churches. Okay. In, in Tampa, St. Petersburg? St. Petersburg. Okay. My husband was pastor of San Coast Cathedral, and we founded St. Petersburg Christian School, which is still flourishing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They just built that big new building. Yeah. And um, so after he did, uh, died, I went to Central Christian Church for five years. And um, then I felt the Lord was, and I was doing TV too. I was, I've been with Bob DeAndre from almost the very beginning. Wow. Because I did all the music for the fundraising banquet starting in 1977. And we didn't go on the air till 79. So I've been with him almost from day one. So I was doing some TV then too. and uh, But the Lord called me into a traveling speaking ministry. And for 20 years, almost every weekend, I fly out of Tampa on Friday and come back on Monday. And um, a lot of it was uh, some some women's conferences and things. And I kept getting the idea, some of these church ladies are getting their signals from the world and not from the Word. And that just kept coming, kept coming. And I was praying, and I said, um, talking to the uh, Lord about it, and I said, I don't want another just talk show. And the Lord spoke to me and said, well, what's the world doing? 
Well, at that point, Martha Stewart had just come on in a blaze of glory, which put women's focus back in the home. Oh. So, um, so we start out with recipes and people like your wife and uh, some crafts and things, and and then we have a guest uh, to interview that hopefully has something to impart to the viewers. Before we get back with Arthelene, it's time for our book highlight segment. Of course, that's brought to you by Kara's Christian Books and Gifts. The book today is Esther. A Royal Beauty by Angela Hunt. Angela Hunt is a very famous Christian, local Christian author. She's written over 100 books. I think it's like 170 books. I've read probably 30 or 40 of them. She writes fantastic novels, and when you read them, they're full of fact. She does all kinds of great research, and this book on Esther, is the. it takes the book of Esther and the scriptures and explodes it and explains so many things. If you like to read fiction and like to get a historical concept to the script, to the scriptures, context to the scriptures, you need to get a copy of this book. And I only have one copy to give away. So call right now if you want to get a copy of Esther, Royal Beauty by Angela Hunt. Call to the studio line now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And remember, you got to read this book, but there are movies out there. All right, call into the studio line now, 855-265-2929, and get your copy of Esther, Royal Beauty. Fantastic book. I have read this book. This is not just a book for ladies. It is a book for men as well, especially men who want... Go ahead. Well, you know, one of the things I love about this book is we were talking about cultural relevance, Mm -hmm. and we have the opposite problem when we read books about biblical history, because we can't relate to the culture that they were living in. And what Angela does with this book in teaching you about the culture of that time and what it really might have looked like for her to become who she became in the in the uh, in her life through God's hand um, really made the story have a whole different uh, I had a different understanding because I can't relate to what that culture was like but she helped me to learn it well Angela goes Beyond the second mile in research. Oh, yes. She always has. Oh, yeah. So. It usually involves travel and, and mm-hmm. a lot of months of, of researching it. And so this is a, the start of a whole new series of The women. Dangerous Beauty They're, series. Yes, The Dangerous Beauty. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, I lo- her, her number one book that I loved reading was Canopy. Because it was scientific. Mm. It was so, it, I don't know how she did it, and she described it. It was incredible, and there's no way I'm climbing to the top of the rainforest canopy. <laughs> so we were talking on the show or earlier about your show and how Home Capers came to be. And I really love the fact that you were talking about how Martha Stewart was coming on the mm-hmm. scene. And so you saw what the secular world was doing mm-hmm. and said, let's do this in a format that will bring Christ into it. Mm-hmm. So talk about that a little more. What was your goal with each of the shows? Uh, my goal was to for women to get their focus back in their own home and family. Uh, the women's movement has not done a whole lot of good for women. There have been some things. I wouldn't throw it all out. But uh, for the most part... Um, Boy, some of them, they're a bunch of man-haters, and that's, mm. that's the glue that holds them together. And um, it's really changed things. It's changed things with, with boys, with teenagers and so forth. And, and 
And you're on in how many cities around the country? 17 we're, cities? Oh, well, we have stations there, but we're on all over the United States and beyond because of uh, cable light, like Dish and Direct. Uh, so you're, you're an international TV star right here in the local WTIS <laughs> oh, radio, I'm radio studio. An internet, what, all over the world, you said. So international TV star right here in our studio, Arthelene Rippy. She's been on TV since 1979. And right now she's been hosting a show called Homekeepers here locally. And it's, it's filmed locally right here in Clearwater. For 20 years, Arthelene Rippey, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Oh, thank you. Let me say this. I love your, the title of your show and the emphasis because I, I'm afraid a lot of Christians, they have a work life and they have a church life and never the twain shall meet. And this is so important. This is really what Jesus uh, was talking about, that it's this experience Christianity is supposed to be 24-7. Yeah, when he impacted people's lives, he didn't say, well, I'm only going to impact 50% of your right. life, that work life, and we're not going to touch that. No, 10 he, o'clock on Sunday morning. He transformed <laughs> people's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about them was changing. And, and I think that's really the, the emphasis is we've got to do reverse influence, though, from the society, because the churches have lost a lot of influence in our society because, I don't even know why, we're not going to go down that route today. I've got to stay unpolitical. But mm-hmm. just because to protect my listeners. But we have to reverse influence of churches, they need to know the people that enter the doors need to hear it. And they need to hear that where they go each and every day, it's a mission field. Mm -hmm. I used to tell congregations that as a Christian, as a believer in a God who's so alive and Jesus who was raised from the dead, if, if that component is in our lives, when we walk in the room, things should change. Your office should be different because you're in there. And what an opportunity. I just think we need to get it across to the believers more. I, I, I believe they would be motivated. So maybe I need a TV show, too. No, I don't need a TV show. <laughs> I was told I had the perfect face for radio. But it is a message, Arthelene, that we're trying to get out there. And that's why we want to bring in people from all different walks of life to show how Christ is making an impact on their workplace. Because we work with people, and I don't know if at CTN you work with people like that, but I'm sure you interact with people all over the community that they don't know Jesus, and they're not going to go to church. Mm-hmm. So the only chance they're ever going to meet Jesus is through us. Well, it's the New Testament pattern, too. Um people told other people about Jesus. Uh, We don't read in the scriptures about altar calls and things, which I'm totally in favor of. But it was just the word getting out, one person to the next. And Well, and I'm uh, sure you get told stories of people saying, you know, I just was flipping channels and I came across your show. You never know what Mm -hmm. they're going to hear on the Air on the ra- on the TV mm-hmm. on radio that may may be that Holy Spirit moment where God is speaking directly to them and something that He's using you for to mm-hmm. to wake them up. Yeah, I think it's hilarious because a lot of churches have moved away from the altar call, and I'm thinking why? Because you know what? In my life, that altar call. I had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. I had to decide, am I going to make my commitment public? Mm-hmm. And the guy that was, Martha and I, I don't know if you know this part of our story, but Martha and I grew up in the Evangelical Free Church in the Midwest, yeah. okay? Which is, I don't know, like a spinoff of... i with Yeah, you. okay. It's... We're not going to go down. Just another it's denomination. Not free. Like, people think it's yeah, free. You still free have to give offering. Tie. That's right. <laughs> My Catholic buddies always said, well, does that mean you don't have to give offering? No, you still have to give offering. <laughs> so we, in, at the end of our seventh grade year, the, they or every year they had a national conference. And at the end of our seventh grade year, in the year, well, the year you went on TV, uh, we, um, we went to this conference in San Diego, California, at San Diego State University. And that week, 
at the end of the, the, the beginning of the week, the guy's name, the speaker's name was Bill McKee. And he was a old, he was a prophecy speaker. He was talking about end times kind of stuff. And he said at the beginning of the week, hey, at the end of the week, I'm going to give you the chance to commit your life to Christ for the first time, recommit your life to Christ, or commit yourself to full-time Christian ministry. He said that on Monday. And I'm like, oh, I had, I mean, long story short, I needed to make a choice. Where was my life going to go? And where, how was it going to be? I've been going to church all my life. So it comes to that Friday night, Friday night, July, it was the 13th, Friday the 13th. Love that. July, 1979, Friday the 13th. And he gives it, he, he starts asking, okay, do you want to commit your life to Christ? Do you want to uh, rededicate your life to Christ? I'm like, well, I don't need to do that. I know I'd already made a decision for Christ, but my life had not reflected Christ. And then he asks, do you want to commit your life to full-time Christian service? Now, uh, to ministry. And and I'm thinking, and I think Martha was thinking, well, that means we're going to work in a church. We're going to work in a mission organization. Martha's thinking the mission field. She was wanting to go to Trinity, you know, in Deerfield, Illinois. And and, and we didn't, they didn't ever tell you that that full-time ministry could be radio talk shows, could be insurance agent, which we've owned an insurance agency, use car sales. We've done that as well. So that night, the two of us, we lived 500 miles from each other, 400 miles from each other. We didn't know each other. We both made the same commitment wow. to full-time Christian ministry in the same stadium on Friday the 13th, July 1979. And we didn't meet each other until a little over three years later from then. But when we did that, the guy said, okay, I want you to make that commitment. But if you're going to do it, I want you to stand up and yell out, here am I, Lord, send me. Like, oh boy. <laughs> that delineating factor, though, I never have forgotten that moment. Oh, never forgot it. So those are, I mean, and you talk about powerful. The, I mean, that the two of us then be drawn together and, and share almost 30 years of marriage already. But that moment in our lives, we had to stand up for Jesus. We don't make people stand up for Jesus anymore. Oh. It, it should impact everything about them. Okay, this show is supposed to be about you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I think you're on a roll. But, it, it's, but it, it's incredible that God knit our story together like that. So let's talk more about the show. Let's talk about, you know, you guys have been on the show. Talk about mm-hmm. the, the purpose, what you're trying to do on the air with these shows each and every day. Well, I have Martha on once a month, as we talked about earlier with merchandise from her store because I want Christians to know uh, that we need to support other Christians in these endeavors and and Christian bookstores are nothing like they used to be. Well, they're disappearing. Well, that yeah, that's one thing, but also I think that 90% of Christians have no clue what's in there. And there's everything in there. There's it's not just books. And so that's um, that's what we try to do on that, but I just think we need to bring Jesus into everything, not uh, just when we go to church, and certainly the home is is the place for that. And we like to encourage uh, conversations around the table. You turn the television off and you bring the family around the table. You have no idea how rare that is. Oh, no, mm. I do. I mean, that's one of the things that Martha and I, when we're marriage mentoring, we always tell couples, Here, here's the keys to some real success. Number one, start praying together. Number two, start going to bed at the same time together. Number three, if you want your kids to be game changers in society have dinner together as a family every night mm-hmm. oh but that means we'll have to give up sports you know what your kid's not gonna be an olympic oh, yeah. rock star <laughs> have dinner be. together i had i heard one lady is just a hard and fast rule that there was no tv on and also there's never any arguing at the table I had a gal on once who had written a book called the table experience which is oh everybody ought to 
just understand the table first was introduced in the book of Exodus and it's actually the same size of the table like we're sitting at just about now but you know it's where you ate and you had communion you had fellowship and you all got together you brought the family and if women could look at that table as a sacred place and uh, there's there's no arguing allowed here you know we're all coming together and I I think uh, it's a good idea for that mother to think ahead a little bit and maybe try to stimulate some conversation at the table not a question and answer period not a teaching time but just kind of guard a conversation because that's where so many memories are made that impact people is around that dinner table. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things I love about you, Arthleen, because mm-hmm. you had those little snippets of information that mm-hmm. maybe the person watching the show never even mm-hmm. thought of before. Mm-hmm. It's not about how beautiful the tablescape no. is and what theme your mm-hmm. plates and napkins are, but it's about making that an important part of your family and mm-hmm. helping them to understand what you do so well, helping them to understand that what they're doing is important. And it was a table where Jesus broke the bread Mm. and uh, do what we call. I have communion every night before I go to bed. And um, I said, it's a table. (laughs) I I never thought about that until just now. But just the last thing, uh, just he said, as often as you do this. So that's up to you. But I think. You might want to do it often. Uh, and churches, again, because it interrupts their schedule. Yeah, they stop once a month. Once a month. Yeah. Ours does it once a quarter, and it's on Wednesday we, night. We had a church that we went to for a while that did it every Sunday. And it, was it was a Christian the, church, and that was part of the deal. That's where I got the appreciation, appreciation yeah. for it. Yep. And it was never... Never dull. Never dull no. and never routine. And that was a thing that was so precious to us. And we re, at first we thought, oh, how, how's that going to be? You know, mm-hmm. It's going to seem routine. But it never was nope. it, because it's a very personal experience. So again, those nuggets of information, mm-hmm. and that's what you're doing. You're speaking into the list to the watchers, you know, the people watching, and and t- teaching them truths that they may not know. Yeah, and I think parents ought to quit. You, you've seen a parent sometime with a toddler say, "We're going to go here, we're going to go there, and then we're going to do this." And this okay. They're asking a, a three-year-old if the plan is okay. And I want parents to begin to be parents. Amen. We had... Preach uh, it, sister. Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, When I was growing up, we had devotions, but my daddy would always say, come on, we're going to read and pray. And he would read a few verses, and then we all knelt down. There were four children, my mom and dad. And uh, it didn't take long, Mm -hmm. but we did it. I say it was a good habit, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Everybody's always wanting to be spontaneous, but I think we need good habits. So I remember on Christmas, I was probably about six years old, and he, uh, we got around the tree, says, come on, we're going to read and pray. Well, I didn't want to read and pray. I had two or three gifts there I wanted to open. I'd heard Luke, the second (laughs) chapter, every Sunday since Thanksgiving. I didn't want to hear another (laughs) word about the angels or the shepherds. I was sick of all of them. And so I was kind of pouting. It didn't bother my dad a bit, you know. So he sat there and he read to us how God put on skin and was born ultimately to die for my sins. But he read that wonderful story again. And now I've got five grandchildren, eight great-grandchildren. I don't remember one gift I got, not Mm -hmm. one. But I remember that my dad honored the Lord on the day that we celebrated his birth. And I think of these parents always trying to please the kids. 
You, you need the big picture. It's because of the guilt. They're going to be adults someday. But but that's I think guilt drives a lot of parents today because they're working so hard in order to have the fancy mm-hmm. cars and have the big house, and so they're working all the time, and so they feel guilty, so they want to please the kids mm-hmm. instead of fixing it. Mm-hmm. Sell the big house, sell the expensive cars, buy used cars, live in a conservative house, and spend time with your children that you're raising. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're talking today with local TV star. Talk in your. It's really a talk show, a talk TV show. You're interviewing people. You're bringing mm-hmm. on authors and guests and sharing their testimonies. Arthelene Rippy with Homekeepers. You've got two children, as you've said, mm-hmm. five grandchildren, eight great grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Are you ever going to slow down and just be grandma and great grandma? Uh, I think about it at times, but. You know, I meet such interesting people. I'm forced to read books that I would never know exist. Now, I'm sitting here looking at my picture of Mike Huckabee and Dave Ramsey. I've interviewed both of those men. Hmm. Wow. And um, one of my Which best... Which one was the better interview? Um, well, Dave's was a little longer. It was uh, the NRB, National okay. Religious Broadcasters. Mike was just marvelous. It was at... Um, it was an Indian Rocks school, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, one I really, really liked was uh, with former Attorney General um, Bob Ashcroft. Mm. Uh, that was almost a full 30 minutes. And he told, uh, it was the most brilliant how he wove his faith through everything he's done. He was a governor, he was a senator, and then he was the Attorney General. And he told me all about some of the details of 9-11, where he was, where his plane was, what they had to do, you know, making all these uh, decisions and all. And uh, so the Lord has just blessed us uh, with the kind of people that can give the inf- uh, information to the viewers that will help them, bless them. I just wish we had a Christ-following attorney general today. That oh, would be amazing. Man. Somebody that, actually uphold the law would be yeah, really cool. That would be nice. All right, so when we come back, more from Arthelene Rippey about her show, Homekeepers. You can li- you can watch it twice a day on CTN, which is Channel 22 here in Tampa. Channel 22, am I getting it right? Well, That's it's two on a lot of the cable. Two on cable. Yes, we don't have cable. We get- we got rid of cable out of our house. Sorry, that's why I said, but you can pick it up with a digital antenna. Talk about maybe a show that really, when, when the show is over, you're like, wow, the Lord was really in that. Well, I looked at Christian TV. I kind of analyzed it in the beginning, and there's three things that I believe about Christian TV. Number one is to introduce people to the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel, uh, number one. Number two, a great testimony. There's nothing like a testimony. Number three, that we can warn people, the Christian audience, about things that are coming from Washington, D.C. that are deceitful, and we can tell you what's inside them and, and um, just give a whole lot of information that they wouldn't otherwise. So those are the three, uh, you might put little legs on the stool. The second one, the testimony is my favorite thing to have on a show. Um, There's nothing like a testimony. I told you earlier Mm -hmm. about my grandfather. We had one not too long ago. This woman was such a horrible, horrible drug addict. I've never heard a story like hers. Her parents even divorced her, whatever they do. Disowned her, sure. Yeah, just the worst. And then how the power of God came to her in the jail. And I, um, I can always tell... Because our camera people, they don't talk, you know, while they're running camera and all. But I can tell when this holy hush comes in, and they're very into it. Mm-hmm. And with uh, this gal, and she had written a book um, on that just 
power of God that can just change a person and put them on a different path. And they, they, they were on the way to hell. They were almost there. And so if I had my choice, it would be a very strong, strong testimony. And I'll tell you, somebody like that, it encourages the mothers who have prodigal kids that are in drugs yes. and all. When you get somebody on there and say, well, this is what the Lord can do, it gives them a lot of hope. And, and really, that's, that's what our society is missing today. Mm-hmm is hope. Mm-hmm. And, and really, that's what you're bringing to the airwaves each and every day, hope. Because our society needs hope. The people that we work with, they need to know there's hope. The people that we live next door to, they need to know that it's there's hope. That that there's hope. And, and just to hear that, that there's hope and that there's love available to them from their Heavenly Father, and they're like, really? How can anybody love me where I'm at? How, can, how could there be hope? Everything seems hopeless today. I've heard that you can live two to three days without water. You can live maybe 40 days without food, but you can't really live two minutes without hope. Mm. And a lot of people live without hope, mm-hmm. and, and it's destructive to them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unbelievable. So, okay, just one last thing. Okay, so you've been doing this show for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And almost you're, 20, yeah. Almost 20 years. And so what's the perpetuation plan? Are you going to start training in somebody? Are you Are going to get like a, a junior Arthelene to come in? So that, <laughs> you know, I know that you're not going to give up on the show, but let's just say you go 20 more years. You know, you might want to have some time where you relax. Well, I, I'm sure there's plenty of people who could step in. I don't have anyone in mind because it's, it's a CTN show. It's not my show and whatever they would decide to do with it. And, uh, but God's always into new things. Like I mentioned earlier, most things have a shelf life. Sure. And new ideas in television and radio will always be coming along. And so what's important is that people will hear his voice hmm. and understand uh, where, they, where they fit into his kingdom. Uh, I was a musician for all those years. I never dreamed I'd have a home show, ever. <laughs> so don't be surprised the way the Lord leads you. No, that's for sure. And it is a huge encouragement. We can all make an impact no matter what our job is. You've been on TV all these years. Martha running a bookstore. We've run an insurance agent. We've sold used cars. But we've had an opportunity to minister in every one of those places. I mean, it's it's incredible. All right, we're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show. And I just want to challenge you out there. Each one of us goes to a workplace each and every day. We go somewhere. Whether you just come out of your bed and go into the kitchen and you're taking care of kids at home, or whether you're, you know, you're a night watchman or you're an airplane pilot, it doesn't matter if you're the President of the United States. Each one of us can make an impact on our workplace for Christ. And so the challenge comes out. I don't want you to join the I Work For Him Nation because, hey, Jim says I should join the I Work For Him Nation. I want you to join the I Work For Him Nation because you want to honor the Lord in your workplace. I'm looking for people to sign up that are willing to make this commitment, that you're willing to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day, that you're willing to look for ways to... Uh, befriend them outside of the workplace so that they can actually get to know you and who you are and be an encouragement to them. I'm looking for people that are looking for ways to serve the people that they work with and that they work alongside and they work for them each and every day. But at the same time, looking for a way to pray with people. Pay attention to how they are each and every day. And when they look a little more down and out than they normally do, to say, hey, what's going on? How can I pray for you? Hey, would you mind if I prayed with you? Those are the kind of people I'm looking to join the I Work For Him Nation because it's a commitment to take your faith to the next level. And you're saying, I'm willing to start praying for my coworkers and employees. But at the same time, 
You want to be the best and brightest example of an employee in your workplace. As Arthelene said earlier, because you're there, your workplace should be different. Because Christ is in you, your workplace should be transformed by the renewing of your mind and the impact on your workplace. If you're willing to make that commitment, go on to the I Work For Him website. Click on Contact Us by tomorrow or the next day. We'll actually have the I Work For Him nation flag. We'll be flying the flag tonight on Facebook. It'll be on our webpage in the next couple of days. Sign up and say, Jim, Martha, I want to be part of the I Work For Him nation. I'm going to start praying for my coworkers and employees today. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.